Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast. I'm Matt Deegan. On the show this week, Reach announces layoffs of almost 10% of their staff. We look at why. Also on the programme, BBC Studios enters the audio market, as does James Corden, and why Carol Vorderman becomes the first casualty of Lineker's Law. Plus, in the media quiz, we pit the pundits against each other in our very own Squid Games. That's all coming up on this edition of the Media Podcast. In the news this week, the actor strike in Hollywood ended on Thursday after SAG-AFTRA came to an agreement with streamers and broadcasters. Actors will receive protections against AI and a 7% pay increase. Film and TV production is expected to resume shortly. Media stock prices rose after the end of the actor's strike, with the Walt Disney Company gaining 6% after the open this Wednesday, uh, which comes after widespread cutbacks from CEO Bob Iger, who recently fired around 3% of the workforce, all in hopes of achieving an estimated 6.1 billion billion pounds in cost savings. Sir William Lewis, or Will Lewis, uh, will lead the Washington Post as the paper's new CEO and publisher, it was announced on Sunday. Uh, The veteran media exec hopes to bring in younger audiences, use AI as a supplement and implement personalised offerings for new customers. Now joining me at the London Podcast Studios are two intrepid players of the media game. First up, making her media podcast debut is the founder of Carver PR, Megan Carver. Hi, Matt Deegan. It's lovely to see you. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, Now, like an absolute pro, you've already defined off-air what you will and won't talk about, which (laughs) I think is brilliant. Uh, But can can you give us any gossip? Uh, do you know what? Rylan, who's one of my clients, every time I see him, he says, uh, got any goss, babe? <laughs> and every time I say to him, I have, Rylan, loads of it, and I cannot tell you a single thing. Uh, so I do have lots of gossip, but I can't share that. I'm a Tough, tough. But um, one of your clients has been uh, very busy and might be even more busy across a bridge. Oh, the lovely Ian Wright. Yeah. So Ian was awarded the Freedom of the City of London last week. And actually, this was this was this is kind of good gossip. Not really. Um, You go to this ceremony, which is performed by this incredible woman. And you stand in a room with um, some of Ian's friends and family and, and, and closest kind of friends that have got him to where he is. Anyway, this wonderful woman does this whole speech around the ceremony and why it's important. And then Ian signs a book. This book, she declares, is the most incredible autograph book in the whole world. And it's true. This book that he has signed has also got Florence Nightingale's signature. It has got um, Nelson Mandela's. It's got Stephen Hawking's thumbprint. It is literally the most incredible autograph book I've ever seen. But yes, Ian has um, quite rightly been awarded this and he can now take sheep across I want to say London Bridge, yeah, Tower Bridge, amazing. London Bridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. That's fun, isn't it? And be a, a lovely, uh, a lovely media shot when you need when you need something. You've got that always <laughs> as an option. I think there's a rule now that says it has to be done for a charity. <laughs> I don't think you can just rock up and be yeah. like, disappointed, his his Bobby. And alongside Megan, welcome back, Jamie East. Hey, first time in person uh, with right. a new job title. 
Yes. What are you doing now? Uh, I'm the head of podcast for DMG. That's uh, exciting. It's uh, unexpected. Um, very exciting <laughs> for them or for you or for, for both? both of us. I think. I think you know. It was a. It was a. It was an interesting uh, call. It's not mm. a call you expect every day. Uh, I went fully expecting it to not be my bag, <laughs> and actually found the challenge and the opportunity just quite exciting. That, uh, well, you've also had to move away from the other thing you were doing, which was a, a new a daily news podcast. But amazingly, you have somehow uh, like sort of retained the job. Explain. Bobby Ewing. Yeah. Yes, explain what's happened. So the Smart Seven um, has been going. It's been going for you know three, three and a half, nearly four years now, probably. And you know, still going great guns, very successful. As part of my, you know, I can't do what I'm doing mm. now and still get up at like silly o'clock and uh, and be involved in a in another kind of quite intense production schedule so Liam my Thompson my business partner still runs that along with uh, along with the team there and since that you know it's not an ego thing I would like to just <laughs> stay, state that it was an interesting challenge really I've been tinkering around with AI for quite a while and a good friend of mine Luke Franks mm. who um, who very, lived, very into the lives in three and absolutely lives in that mm. world. Brilliant, brilliant lad. Went to spoke to him and I said, Look, how good is it now? Because you know, we've all gone on to ChatGPT, we've mm. all gone on to uh, Dali, and it's kind of uh, 40% there, mm. um, which is fine if you're just looking for an image. But when, when you're talking about, about voice, it's 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 quite quite difficult. And then a layer on that, when you're talking about someone in particular's voice, it's even more difficult. It's mm. quite easy to get a, just a regular voice. That's quite normal now. But I was interested to see how... I'm always looking for efficiencies in the production workflow. And the most inefficient part of the whole of the Smart 7 <laughs> was me actually reading it every morning. Um, and if there was a way of bypassing that, then that was quite exciting to me. So I worked quite hard with him and a company called Eleven Labs, who have the the best like uh, AI engine, and I went and I had to upload three four hours worth of uh, my voice, which was like the worst, obviously awful to have to kind of like. <laughs> did you, did you just read Wikipedia for three hours? <laughs> well, luckily because I've been doing the Smart Seven for so long, oh, and I'm very script. fastidious in my uh, in my archiving. I've got many more hours than that in kind of like radio quality voiceover mm, stuff. Mm. Uploaded all of that. Uh, it took about a week, ten days for them to kind of like crunch it, and what came back was like genuinely scary um and we decided to kind of jump you know take the leap so the weekday editions are now uh j-a-i-m-e east uh <laughs> doing that at the weekends we still have kira Evans, who's a real live human uh doing it and of course like any advertising and mm. branded podcasts are all done by humans and yes. creatively and stuff so it's still researched and written and curated by humans the only bit that's not is me. I'd listen, and it is very good. It's quite weird, isn't it? It makes yeah. me sound a bit posher. It's like I'm talking to my mum after being told off. But um, it's it's the breaths. It has breaths in it. It has wow. nuance. It has humour. It's very weird. Well, I will lean over and pinch you just to make sure you are the real Jamie East uh, for the show today. Uh, and we start with news that Reach, owners of the Mirror and Express titles, are to let go 450 staff, almost 10% of the workforce, and that the majority of these are going to be journalists. Chief Exec Jim Mullen faced employees on Wednesday amid the backdrop of a declined print circulation too um megan reach it's quite a big operation isn't it yeah it's huge um it's 130 titles national and regional it's mirror express star okay magazine daily record manchester evening news liverpool echo loads of those websites that you might see a lot on social media mm. kind of whatever devon live sussex mm. live anything with live essentially this is this is really really big news um 
and really worrying news for journalists, actually. So there's 450 cuts. 320 of those are going to be editorial. Um, and it, this is the third round of cuts this year. So it's really, it's, it's really tough for them. Like you just said, David Higgerson, he has blamed... So he's blamed the rise of social media, essentially, on this happening. He says that increasingly Facebook and Google opt to keep readers on their own platforms rather than send them to these kind of trustworthy sites, mm. which if they were sending them to the Mirror or Daily Record or any of their sites, they would there get the clicks, they'd get the ad revenue. So he's kind of blaming them for that. TikTok has absolutely no mechanism whatsoever to send audiences to any other websites. So essentially they're saying we've got to fundamentally change what we do and the way that we do it. So a lot of what they probably built their business on was Facebook and search. and Absolutely. As yeah. all of them did. As yeah. all of them did. I was at the yeah. Sun when Facebook were throwing a million quid a year publishers to make yeah. video for mm. them and then all of a sudden decided yeah. that was gone you know yeah. well they don't even want to talk to them anymore do they no they've, they've had very interesting news <laughs> is for jim is it a bit of an excuse or is 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 he half correct and half of it is that they haven't advanced their business quick enough you know i was at the media freedom awards last night and it was pretty depressing for every, you know there's a lot of jubilee you know people obviously mm. great to receive rewards and and because the vast majority of those were regional awards as well. It, it put in start, you know, start mm. visibility how important local journalism is, and obviously there was a there was a black cloud hanging over over the evening. But you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but 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 reaches. Reach's digital offering isn't great. Mm. You know, I don't think there's any there's any doubt about that. And it's you know, I'm not casting aspersions on anyone, but it's a bad user experience. Um, they do like an ad on a Reach uh, mm. website. It's you know, uh, you know, just as uh, this is mm. purely from a user's point of mm. view. You know, they used to they used to, when it was Mirror.co.uk back in the day. It was a it was a good user experience, mm. and, and I get why it's why it's like that. You know, everyone's everyone's chasing mm. the pound. Um, but remove with all of that, and then removing a layer of the gossamer thin layer of journalism that they were putting up there anyway mm. is worrying. And you know, we've been slightly jocular about the use of AI and, and the stuff that I've been doing, which still relies solely on humans. It's not too it's not too big a leap to assume that AI wouldn't be on the card for someone like Reach because there's something is going to have to fill those pages, mm. and if there aren't people writing it, then what's it going to be? Uh, Megan, obviously you're sending press releases, you're trying to get coverage. Reach titles are a great way to do that for the the people and the shows that you represent. You could go, oh, this is great news for you because there's less people, and so you, they, they're after material and they'll put it up. Is that true? Actually, is it harder if there aren't relationships you can strike with journalists to tell them stories? I think there will still be the relationships with the journalists to, to strike those stories. I think we will still always have our key people that we go to. Um, I think that there will potentially be less people to send the release to, but they'll just be hubs. You know, mm. there's, all, there's already a reach hub. So if you do an interview with Notebook, for example, the Mirror Supplement on a Sunday, if you do an interview there, that will probably be picked up and run in OK. It will mm. probably run in Star. It will, it will probably run on their regionals. So I don't think that will necessarily affect... That's good for you, right? That's yeah, the, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't, don't think from a PR point of view that's necessarily going to change. Mm. I think from what you said earlier around the online digital content they've had to they've had to create and generate a huge amount of stories to try and get the, the clicks mm. and i don't disagree with what you said jamie about the user experience on on, on reach.co.uk there was a point where i was told that 
journalists were being digital journalists were being tasked to write 13 stories a day on mm. Katie Price you know because because for the click rate really mm. and there are so many stories that you'll see run in print that you'll see run on um, digital and then you'll see a social post for it and then it'll run the, the same story will run but the headline will have changed mm. and sometimes as a publicist that can be a little bit frustrating because you're like I've done one interview with one person and this is now run in five different places and the headlines change and the sentiments change and that image isn't right either yeah. um, so you can lose a bit of control on that but if you've got the strong relationships I don't suppose you know I don't think that matters I think you know I was following it closely yesterday on socials and you're right it's really depressing for all those people and and journalism is I don't need to tell you how vital journalism is right and 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 good journalists historically journalists used to um, start in digital and work their way up to print and print was the place you need to be we've we've all changed how we can consume and you need to be a really great journalist wherever you are and so i think journalists will write for digital and for print and those great journalists will do that there have been some funny memes from journalists um over uh, over the last um 24 hours saying crossing over to our war correspondent and they've literally linked to a tiktoker dancing Mm. you know and and whilst there's you know that's kind of amusing you do also think gosh is is what actually David Higgerson suggesting here is that this is all going to have to be on socials. Mm. And therefore, if you're trying to make a dent in socials, are you going to have to have great content creators? Because they are not journalists. I mean, it's a different skill, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, it, it, and look, this is just the latest version of this story mm. this is not mm. this is not this first rodeo you know you look at radio you look at local radio and what's gone on there you look at um tv there is no there's no breeding ground for for talent anymore in no. any creative sector like whatsoever whether it's music whether it's you know yeah. all uh, being an author whatever it is you know there is no platform and that always used to be local whether it's the local newspaper, my dad started my dad's first gig was in a news agency in derby that was how you learn your chops that's how you toughen yourself up a little mm. bit for the for the for the horrible world of the media and it's the same for yeah. radio radio one will have a huge problem in five ten years time because they will have no grassroots talent to pull from they will only have national uh, stations in wales and scotland and, mm. and and in northern ireland so and you cannot fall back on content creators for that tv tried and failed miserably you know, they look yeah. to people, you know, no, again, no offense to people like Zoella mm. and, and that ilk, that first wave of, of YouTubers. TV looked at those as the, at them as the salvation of, of, of TV because of their giant following. They tried TV and they were, you know, no offense, they were mm. pretty crap at it. And they retreated from that. From that, now we're in the situation where there is nowhere. You know, since mm. T four died, well, yeah, the, there the, is nowhere for yeah. it to happen. And also for reduction in CBBC live prayers yeah. and, and all yeah. of that side, it's yeah. it's difficult to find find those new people. Yeah. And also, I think in the radio side, um, I think Dick Stone wrote a, a piece about this this week, uh, where your first gig isn't an overnight. It's probably like on a national radio station yeah. somewhere, and you have to get good uh, pretty yeah. quickly. We're talking about TV. Um, some uh, slowdowns, of course, in, in ad revenue and ITV is seeing uh, their revenue down by 8% according to its latest growth outlook. That's going to lead to a further 10 million cut in the commissioning budget. Meanwhile, Deadline reports Channel 4 delayed up to 20 premieres with producers theorising they want a surplus of new shows uh, for political expediency. Uh, a source of Channel 4 denies this. Would it, Jamie, is it useful for Channel 4 to kind of hold back shows until uh, next year to, to kind of make a, a fresh start when the revenue is back up hopefully it might make some kind of 
weird kind of long-term business plan sense, you know, to stockpile a bit of content, especially with actor strikes mm. and, you know, all of the rest of it. There's a danger, though, that they'll come back and start making stuff. And, you know, there's a story I think we'll probably talk about in a bit where the talent just won't be there anymore. You know, there, there is not a never-ending line of patience or funds for freelance TV producers mm. and makers and presenters and set designers and all the rest of it to kind of, what are they supposed to do? It's like being furloughed without, mm. without the furloughing. Um, and it's particularly harsh coming off the back of such a boom in TV as well. You know, the building of so many studios, Netflix building a facility, Sky doing the same mm. thing. You know, so many, it was the, it was the future. Hertfordshire, where I live, is pretty much TV yeah. uh, studio yeah. central now. And I just, I just worry, you know, TV's like probably my biggest passion, apart from podcasting. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, and a lot of my friends work in TV as, as does everybody's here. It's, it's a horrible time mm. for them. But personal stuff aside, They've got to put some stuff out. You know, yeah. we've, we've, we've had, we know that the actor strike, the repercussions of the actor strikes in the States are going to hit us pretty hard probably February time. Mm. What are they going to put out? You know, I know there's so much anecdotal um, stories of people that have been dealing with Channel 4 over the past year now where it's just bemusement as to what the hell is going. What are they doing there every day? Because they're certainly not making TV. It's, you know, it's, it's a real worry. I mean, Megan, your background's audio. Have you noticed a slowdown in TV shows, particularly the ones you work with? There is not as much that I know that is coming. Mm. So normally this time of year, we would go, oh, I know something that's coming. It, not necessarily my clients, but anecdotally, we'd have heard about shows. Or we'd say, oh, something really big, and I, or that talent's got something in March. I'd know something that was coming in spring. There'd be something else that'd be rumbling around. I'm just not hearing that. Mm. I, I don't work hugely closely in TV in the same way that, that that you do, Jamie. Obviously, I've got a lot of clients that work in TV and I've got lots of talent that, that make great shows there. There is one thing in TV that completely and utterly baffles me, and that's scheduling. Mm. I just do not understand it, yeah. right? And I would love for someone to sit me down properly and just really explain it to me because... From a from an outsider's point of view, and I will class myself as an outsider, although I promote and we do a brilliant job at promoting TV shows, but they spend months working on, on, on programs, right? They've come up with a concept. They've gone out to, to tender. People have pitched. They've gone through this whole process. They've got the talent. They've got all the production teams. They filmed it all. It's beautiful. They've edited it all. Everything is made. This is months and months and months and months and months. And then you say, great, when's it on? And they say, we don't know. And you're like, but when will you know? And yeah. they'll say, we'll give you two weeks notice. You know, and when you think about the media landscape, I just go, this doesn't make any commercial sense to me <laughs> because I, I can get a book to number one. I can get an artist album to number one. I can get events sold out. I can get podcasts to number one. I can do all of these things with notice, yeah. with a strategy and with a clear plan. I can't get someone on a front cover with two weeks notice. Yeah. You know, I can't certainly can't get a supplement. They're 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 at least four weeks lead time. A glossy's mm. three months. So broadcast slots are are getting booked up longer and longer in advance. So you kind of go, we've worked all this time and all this energy has gone into this, but now I can't let all the public know and the consumers know. And it feels to me like we're just not creating those moments. We're not building excitement that something is coming. We're not letting audiences know. If you're, if we're reliant on, sometimes it's reliant on, well, it's in listings, mm. you know, great. Mm. Well, it's in listings, you know. Well, also on that, like linear TV's got some trouble in getting people to, to connect with it. And actually to make point, they're playing, 
are they playing an old game of trying to compete with other linear channels when actually they, they do need longer lead times? And as you were going to say there, Survivor hasn't quite made the splash that perhaps people thought it was going to. Well, you know, it's, 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 you know Survivor's a, a tried and trusted format. There is, mm. you know, on paper, there's no reason why that shouldn't work. It's got, you know, it's Joel Domit hosting it. It's, you know, it's they're caught between a rock and a hard place because now Netflix and Amazon and all the streamers just drop stuff. They, they can afford to just lob it on and people will discover it in three months' time and it'll just, it works a completely different way. Plus, people generally don't watch the teasers that much. It's quite difficult to tease a light entertainment show. Well, I thought it was interesting because they, I think it was the first episode after Strictly and uh, they had no promos in between. It was like literally mm. Strictly finished and we were we were straight into Survivor. So clearly they were... Oh, sorry, it's a BBC One. I'm yes. fine. I thought it was ITV One. My bad. Uh, but there but you go. Originally, originally it was. So they really kind of obviously went for it and they probably had a bit of success. They looked at uh, what happened with Traitors. Yeah. And that sort of had that slower burn, linear side, people catching up on iPlayer and then up to Christmas last year. Year, it really worked for them but that's maybe looking more like an outlier isn't it yeah i think it is just a very old-fashioned approach you know i've i've pr tv shows for streamers audiences might not know it's coming but they certainly know what's coming mm. you oh, know yeah. audiences we all know when when the next series of the crown is coming mm. you know yeah. there's you build excitement strictly is a moment every single year as is i'm a celeb every single year because we know it's coming mm. and a Richard Osman book. People know it's coming. You know, any product that is out there needs to be marketed really, really well. And I I know that TV companies um, and platforms and the channels talk about being really daring. And they're saying we want production companies to come to us with really big and daring ideas and we need to make things that never been made before. I'd like to suggest that actually changing the scheduling could be a very daring way to do it because it yeah. feels so data-driven about what audience were watching two weeks ago on which day on what platform and what was the weather like mm. and then trying to mimic that and hoping that you'll you'll you might beat those ratings mm, yeah. and the worst thing is when uh, and even as a user as a, as, as a viewer when all of a sudden the slot changes mm. you know i just i don't understand any of it yeah. but like i say i'm not a tv commissioner so they but probably I, are experts. i can't remember when there was a homegrown exciting new revelatory format that hadn't already been that wasn't imported mm. you know and speaking of BBC Studios, they've officially announced uh, it has entered the commercial audio market with Wondery's Richard Knight, uh, and previously ex of uh, BBC Radio 4, leading the operation. Uh, Megan, Tradebody Audio UK aren't very happy, uh, very unhappy about what's going on. What, what, are, what are they saying? So basically what is happening is that the BBC Studios, they announced, I think it was on Tuesday, so the factual, the entertainment and the drama is going to be produced by BBC Studios, the commercial arm. So previously kind of things in-house at Radio Radio 4, for example. Would all be made in-house at Radio yeah. 4 by their teams. They've been moved across. They're, they've all moved across. So essentially, indies are going to be able to pitch. There are some exceptions to this in the drama section because the Archers is not moving. Um, don't, you don't, just quit, don't, don't touch don't, the Archers. Don't arch. quit the hit. Too many, too many cows and pigs still out <laughs> yeah, of the studio. Can't deal with that. Yeah. News, current affairs, sports, music, nations, they're all, uh, they're all staying in-house, although some of those, as we know, are already made by indies. So Audio UK, they're disappointed because they... In, their, their argument is, in TV, 100% of programmes are open to competition. So both BBC, internal and external, can all pitch. Mm. 
in this new announcement, um, what they've said is that it's going to be 60% of that audio. And I think they are feeling aggrieved and that this is um, essentially kind of unfair. Well, one of the dangers for, for Audio UK is that the BBC have just created a super indie themselves yeah. uh, to, to compete with. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I was reading something that Chloe, who's been on the show, was saying uh, was that you know SMEs have, in effect, built the uh, commercial audio market uh, in the UK. 100%. Uh, and now the BBC have sort of re-emerged to, to be in charge. BBC are always, t- audio, it's so confusing as well, you know, from someone who owned like a, a small, very small audio production company, trying to even comprehend how to pitch the BBC is just nuts. It's like, you may as well just give up. And it's no wonder people like something else steal the march on everybody because it's a it's a weird process. And, you know, I've got... This seems to be similar to like BBC Sounds, where it's like you can't have the ball and the cake and play the game and eat the cake, and that's what it feels like a little bit. It's 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 tough. It's tough enough out there for small small indies without something like this kind of getting in the way as well. Time for a break. We'll be back with more media news after this. This month on The Modern Man, the award-winning magazine show for your ears, we tell the story of Kaz Jane, a woman who takes police officers into the woods and makes them cry. Plus, we explore the trend for philanthrotainment. Is it right for YouTubers to become charities? And our resident relationships expert, Alex Fox, tackles dating after bereavement. And there's music and your letters. It's a packed show. Join me, Ollie Mann, on The Modern Man. That's M-A-N-N, yes, it's a pun on my name. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, or there's a link in the show notes. Hello, media podcast listeners. Hello. This is Matt Kelly from The Two Mats. And this is Matt Dancona from The Two Mats. And what did we talk about in our podcast this week, Matt? A cavalcade of figures. I mean, Swella Braverman, Barack Obama, Nadine Dorries, George Michaels, they're all in there. It's very entertaining, and it's all about the news and our particular take on it. So and a bit of culture as well. We always throw in a bit of culture. A little bit of culture. Please tune in to The Two Mats, wherever you find your podcast. It's from the New European newspaper, and we look forward to seeing you there. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. 
Welcome back, Megan and Jamie are here for more stories. Uh, so, uh, Vorders gets the chop. Uh, Carol Vorderman has fallen foul of what we're calling Lineker's Law. Oh, I like. Uh, that is, she has lost her Radio Wales show slash resigned slash been fired hard exactly to know after refusing to comply with the BBC's new social media policy Jamie what has what has happened to poor Carol uh, it sounds very I flounced off talk radio because <laughs> Mark Dolan cut up his mask were you the Carol Vorderman of talk radio I was the Carol Vorderman of talk radio um <laughs> It was it was a nice easy way out for me. Let's put it that way. I suspect this is probably similar. You know, no one gives up. Carol's become uh, a good mouthpiece for for her politic mm. and her social justice, and it's brilliant. More power to her elbow. There was always going to be a casualty like this since the since the rules changed. Um, I'd, you know, fallen on a sword? Not quite sure. Uh, I was looking at all the response to her Twitter post, and obviously it's millions of people going, uh, they'll rue the day that, that you've left your weekend show on BBC Radio Wales. Yeah. And I was thinking, if a fraction of these people had listened to her show on BBC Radio Wales, yeah, there would be, it would have been a slightly different thing. Um, Megan, is this frustrating for celebs, or is this just the price of doing business? I think it's the price of doing business, mm. you know, and I think fair play to them both, BBC mm. and Carol, you know. They have both respected each other's positions on it. I think they've both come out looking good. The BBC, after Lineker's Law, they they had... Sounds to like we're holding a candlelight vigil for him, <laughs> isn't it? I was going to say post kind of the, the Lineker Suella showdown, which I thought mm. kind of sounded like a more, you know, celebrity wrestle match. Um, they had to do something. You know, they had to make those guidelines a little bit um, clearer. They've had guidelines forever. They needed to update them for, for, for social media. I think it's really quite straightforward. Talent have all been told it very, very clearly. The agents know. I know as a publicist, mm. and it, and it's and it's part of the deal. I think that I think Carol is. My opinion is I think she's brilliant, and I love everything that she says and does. I she was in breach of her her guidelines, and they had a conversation with her, and she was like, right, well, well, there we go. She could have been really throwing toys out of the pram. She could have really, really gone for them. And actually, I thought her her statement was was great. It's it's a it's a different of opinions. It's a great both got to make, it, yeah, yeah. both got to make your own own decisions. Also, from a, a broadcast perspective, sometimes it's quite good to to make a sacrifice on the altar. Uh, yeah, and, you know what? And there is nothing lost here from the BBC going. Actually, we are we have made these rules and we are sticking by those rules. Mm. I think you're absolutely right, and they and they needed to show it at some point. It was inevitable, and if this is how it had to happen, then I think with Carol's brilliance and her grace. And everything about kind of where the show was and the platform, I think it's probably played out very well. Well, it means that there is no uh, room for manoeuvre with anyone else. Mm, you know, and it's it's it it puts the BBC and you know it gives them the higher ground now in terms yeah. of like we they could not not you know I mean the danger is that like someone really valuable to no offence uh, mm. Carol <laughs> someone really really valuable falls foul of it again they will have no choice there will be no bending because they they have now set and put a line in the sand so we're saying one from the top and none from the bottom exactly well, very good very good but um, no, it's a that conundrum point, that's for sure but on that point what we don't know is actually whether she was sacked or whether she they decided to leave she was in breach of guidelines mm. but that's not necessarily a complete sackable offence no true yeah. so there sort of might like, be some wriggle room at some yeah, point yeah. to go, they're in breach, they've apologised, we mm. have given them a warning. Yeah. But it's an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, James Corden struck an exclusive deal with Sirius XM for his new podcast series. Uh, this Life of Mine will be conversations with celebs on the people, places, moments and memories uh, that made them who they are today. Um, 
Megan, it's partly a little bit uh, Desert Island Discs. I was talking to someone that is involved with this. Oh, tell me everything. Uh, and, and they were saying mm. it's going to be a big show. Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I think this is going to be huge. I'm pretty sure that every single podcast platform would have wanted James Corden. He would have been looking to go somewhere that he can do something brilliant that has got money and finance behind it, that has got prestige, where he can bring in all of those huge names. I think he is, um, whatever you think of him, love or hate him, whatever, he is incredibly talented and he attracts huge mainstream audiences. He will create something brilliant for socials. He's always been innovative in what he does. It's interesting you said about Desert Island Disc because someone said to me today, what that synopsis feels a bit grounded with Louis Theroux. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, may- maybe maybe none of that matters. I was, um, I mean, he must be paid a lot for this, right? So Howard Stern is 90 million a year mm, for like five that. years, something rumoured like that. Yeah. You know, so and, and also Sirius, uh, Sirius um, yesterday, they did the whole rebrand. They did the whole rebrand. They relaunched. They've got so Kevin Hart. They've got Ashley Flowers. They've got Kelly Clarkson. She was there. They're doing something with Dolly Parton and yeah. John Mayer. They are throwing everything but It's a brand us. that's never touched the UK, really. No. no so it's, it's interesting in that it was sort of digital audio before digital audio. So this is kind yeah. of satellite radio in America, which is more successful than you'd maybe expect because they don't really have national radio. Yeah. So actually, if you're driving across the country, you would like to listen to the same thing. This is sort of the only way to do it and they're sort of evolving that into a digital mobile platform mm. they bought a stitcher big podcast network yeah. um they've got quite a bit in ad tech there's some co-ownership with iheart um the same owners own them they do quite a lot of iHeart. they do quite a lot of uh, co-pros as well I've, i had some dealings with them a couple of years ago around sports programming mm. and they're, they're they're quite collaborative you know in their approach and i think if this was two years ago, they wouldn't have had a look in. They'd have been, it'd have been on Spotify uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and it would have dwarfed, the deal would have probably dwarfed Harry and Meghan and, and mm. Obama and, and, and whatnot. The dumb money in podcasting's gone now. Not that that would have been a dumb investment, mm. but probably would have been the a dumb investment. The easy cash investment. is gone. The easy cash is gone. Um, he, I don't think he had many choices. It, he, was in a, he was in a really difficult position. You know, I think when, when, he, when the show announcement came, you know, everyone was like, well, what, what's he going to do? But it's not, not what's he going to do. It's like, well, actually, what can he do? Because, you know, he's an ambitious guy. Um, he's, you know, gone over there and made a huge, you know, become one of the, arguably one of the world's biggest, biggest TV personalities. Where do you go from there? You don't come back and do the one show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there are very few platforms around that would give him the same level of money, the same level of prestige and attract the same same uh, standard of guests that he's used to getting. So actually... If you and look- a chance to take risks. And yeah. I think that's what's going to happen here. I think this is potentially going to really shift so much of that content that exists on podcasts. You know, at the moment, so many podcasts are going, oh, I need to film this and stick it on YouTube. It's yeah. like, you wait till Corden's here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to take I, I, it I, re- I was reading the press release and everyone's, I think, jumping to a, a conclusion that it's exclusive to Sirius forever. Oh, no, they'll need to syndicate that, the hell out of it. Well, they'll have but, to syndicate the hell out of it, won't they? I think it could even be the thing that they get it a week ahead. Yeah. And I, it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be mm. just on there, just in America. I think yeah. there's probably more to this than, than meets the eye. But it's savvy for yeah. Sirius with their rebound because not only do you get James, you obviously get Ben Winston, you mm. get yeah. Fullwell, you get all of the yeah. creative kind of like juggernaut that yeah. comes with, with them. And, you know, Fullwell are just in such a, like, a, 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 they're kind of in 
imperial era at the moment that it's that it's great. So, you know, it's a good investment for Well, you know. I saw Ben Winston speak at the TV Festival this year and he did make a small reference to getting into audio uh, and that they had some exciting plans. But I think this is the beginning of mm. some plans. I don't think it's the end of, of what yeah. they're going to do. Uh, right, uh, just enough time for the media quiz. This week entitled, oh. Fill in the Blanks. I've not planned it. Sorry. <laughs> I've, not, I've not done my homework. <laughs> Shocked faces it's in right, the studio. You're, it's you're always a media geek. You'll know everything. Oh, I'm going to give you a quote from a media news story. Oh, All you have to do is fill in the blanks. Okay. So buzz in with your names if you know the answer. So Jamie, you will say... Jamie. And Megan, you will say... Megan. Let's fill in the blanks. Question number one. We assumed at the beginning that they couldn't possibly expect us to blank 456 players. Oh, Megan. Megan. This is Squid Games, the reality show. This blows my mind. <laughs> I'm a bit obsessed. I am a bit obsessed with this. I'm a bit obsessed with it. I've actually not watched the proper Squid Games because I'm a wimp. Right? <laughs> um... I'm a bit obsessed with this. So it's being made by Studio Lambert, Gogglebox, Traitors, mm. brilliant. This is a global reality show for Netflix trying to keep so much of the original Squid Games alive that they have got 456 contestants. The prize money is $4.56 million, which is basically the 10,000 per mm. person that takes part. Yeah. The thing that is blowing my mind about it that I can't quite get my head around is... I know how hard reality shows find it when they've got like, I don't know, 15 contestants mm. to try and capture everybody because you don't know whether they're going to make the final. Yeah. You've got 456. <laughs> like, how are you going to be following every person? I think you need to watch the Squid Game. I think you need Do to watch I? the original one to, to realise that actually. I don't think they'll care. They will literally scythe through them like a bowling, oh. ball, a bowling ball through skittles. Yeah, but we'll need to see whoever wins. We've got to see the journey from the beginning. So yeah. they've got to be... They've got to be filming everybody. Well, maybe they'll do it retrospectively. Along, right? They'll maybe they, I mean they've got so much they'll they'll film the whole thing, go mm. back and go back and do the stories. Uh, well, Megan, you buzzed in. Yes. Remember, we're looking for an answer to the question of what killed. Is blank killed. Oh, so, so okay. contestants. So we assumed at the beginning oh, that they couldn't possibly expect us to blank four hundred and fifty six players, but they're absolutely clear Book. that they did. Book find That's cast. Cast, oh. it's cast. <laughs> Jamie, you could, have, you, could have, you could have stolen, but you didn't. Sorry. Very Sorry. polite. I am a bit competitive as uh, well, aren't I? Question number two. <laughs> Without blank, Rishi would never have been PM. Uh, Jamie. Jamie. This is uh, Nadine Doris uh, in a new book serialised in, uh, in, in, in the mail. The blank bit. What was the question? Without blank, Rishi would never have been PM. Oh. Uh, is it Boris or COVID? Uh, Megan? See, I'm not going to know the answer because, again, it's something I've not watched. <laughs> I've never... Uh, last year was the first time ever that I'd watched an entire James Bond. Oh, it's in the bloody title of the... And, no. and, it's, and it's, a James, <laughs> it's a James Bond character, I think. Blofeld. <laughs> Sadly not. Dr. No. Oh. Without Dr. No, Rishi would never win a PM. So I was kind of a bit... Oh, half a point each. Yes. Half a point each. Right, <laughs> question number three. When you make traditions your own, they are more blank. Oh my God. When you make traditions your own, they are more blank. There's a certain TV advert that came out today. Oh, John Lewis. I've been in the Snappy. It's a Venus fly trap. Called Snappy. Uh, well, I will reveal the answer. It is special. When you make traditions your oh, own, they are more special. special. Uh, this is from the John Lewis ad press release. What's the song? This year, it's a catchy Italian rock opera. You don't often hear that uh, in a sentence. Uh, by the tenor uh, Andrea Bocelli. Wow. 
Wow. I got you've, have you seen it? Did you see it this morning? Do you know what? I haven't seen it. I've seen the stills. I do need to watch it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's, they've got a different agency this year. So they moved away mm. from Adam and Eve uh, to Sarchi's. God, that must have been a gutting kind of pitch process. Well, they didn't even pitch for it. Didn't they? No. no they jumped before they... Well, they just thought, oh, this is devastating, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so they've... So looking at it, Sarchi's have tried to change it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. obviously they can't just duplicate what went before. I think it's not bad. I think maybe it's a good build for, for the rest of the year. But I think also it's going to be a sort of John Lewis cinematic universe. In that this oh. is like the core ad... And then Snappy oh, and the products will be sort of around. Oh, nice! Did nice. it make you cry? It did not make me cry. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, which I think again is a intention. Okay. Uh, to try and not duplicate what went before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so scores. I think that means one and a half points uh, to Megan uh, and no points uh, to Jamie. Oh. Um, I think he got half a point at some point. Uh, Megan, you get to look at our casting process uh, for the media podcast spin-off quiz show. Love. Um, <laughs> that we'll send to Netflix. Um, uh, thank you to uh, Megan Carver and Jamie East. Uh, where can listeners keep up uh, with what you and uh, Carver PR are doing? We are probably all over our socials or our website. So we are just at Carver PR on online and on Insta. And Jamie, what's next in the production pipeline? Oh my goodness. Uh, what can I tell you? We've got, uh, we're doing one about The Crown. It's coming uh-huh. up. Uh, that's on DMG. Uh, the Crown Fact or Fiction's coming up. But if you're into your true crime, uh, the trial, Ashley Murphy uh, is wrapping today, actually, as we record. The verdict came out about an hour and a half ago. Uh, lovely. Uh, go and find them wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you both. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, Matt Deacon. And that's it from us today at the London Podcast Studios. Remember, you can get 25% off your first booking when you use the code MEDIAPOD at thelondonpodcaststudios.com. That's MEDIAPOD at thelondonpodcaststudios.com for 25% off. Uh, remember to send the ones you love to podfollow.com slash themediapodcast. Remember, the Media Podcast is for life, not just for Christmas. Uh, my name is Matt Deegan. The producer was Matt Hill with support from Maya Cedar Lund. It was a Rethink Audio production. I'll see you next week. Thank you.